Here's Jiffy Lou Boner's Steve Sanner. When my wife Jennifer and I opened the first of our 51 Indiana Jiffy Lubes back in 1985, oil changes were $19.99. They were fast and easy, and they were due every 3,000 miles. Now our product costs keep rising, oil changes are much more complicated, and they're only needed a couple times a year. But one thing that hasn't changed is Jiffy Lube's commitment to doing the job right. Our expert technicians must pass the most rigorous training program in the industry. We pay higher wages than our competition, and we are very active in our communities, supporting public art, honoring Hoosier volunteers, and now with our new No Ticket Let's Fix It program that allows police officers to solve problems instead of issuing tickets. At Jiffy Lube, we take a lot of pride in being the best in the business at what we do. You never need an appointment, and our service satisfies new car and extended warranties. We look forward to seeing you soon. The new No Ticket Let's Fix It program from Indiana's favorite, Jiffy Lube. Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses and community members making a positive impact in Indiana. I'm Mel McMahon, co-founder of Indiana Owned and Indiana Gifts, and today we'll get the story of how Blair and Mary Martin started Martin's Market in Mitchell, Indiana. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned. Find local at indianaowned.com. Blair and Mary, thank you so much for joining me on Local Matters today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And you are in Mitchell, Indiana. For people who are not familiar with Mitchell, tell us where it is. Well, Mitchell is uh, south of Bloomington, uh, about 60 miles or so south of Bloomington, uh, north of Paoli, about uh, 15 or 20 miles. So uh, it's basically where uh, Indiana 60 and 37 come together. And how did you end up in Mitchell, Indiana? Well, that is a long story. <laughs> so we were relocating back to Indiana. We're both Hoosiers by birth. So we'll make this long story as short as possible. And we were in Kansas for about uh, 16 years. Uh, and for uh, various reasons, we had uh, decided to come back to Indiana. And uh, just we were just looking for a place to live a couple of years. It was, in, it was 2021. Housing market was crazy. We were having trouble finding a house. We had one at another town about 60, 70 miles away. And that whole deal fell through while we were moving out here with all our things in a U-Haul truck. We ended up living in motels for 30 days or so until we could find a place. And this uh, house, crazy it, time. it was, and the house opened up in Mitchell. We looked at it and it was uh, a project house, but a nice house, a nice location. And we, we jumped on it. And, um, and when you're self-employed, you can kind of almost live anywhere. And we knew we wanted to live in a more rural area. So that's how we ended up in Mitchell. Were you doing the same thing in Kansas that you did here, or is Martin's Market something new since you were Martin's here? Market is completely new. I was in, originally in Kansas. I was teaching at a, a, a small Christian uh, college out there. Left uh, academia uh, about 15 years ago. I went into business, but uh, was working in the senior market doing finances and Medicare and, and things like that. We ended up running some bed and breakfasts. We had three bed and breakfasts out there. Uh, originally, we intended to open a bed and breakfast here in Indiana, and uh, I continue to work in the senior market as well now as I build up clientele, but that's been difficult to, you know, that transition just in a new location, it, it is hard, and uh, ultimately, we thought we could open a bed and breakfast, but a number of things kind of a confluence of events that kept that from occurring, and so we had the idea for the store, and we'd never done retail, so. Well, I'd never done retail before I opened my store either, so. Here's to just going for it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. 
So for people that haven't been to Martin's Market, I've had the honor of stopping by and checking it out and seeing it and taking pictures and meeting both of you in person. But for those listening that have never been there before, tell us about it. What is it exactly and what can we find there? Well, originally we have like a three stores in one kind of idea. So we wanted to carry Indiana made products. So we have the Indiana side. So we have companies like Tell City Pretzels and Dad's Root Beer, companies that we all know are made in Indiana. But we also carry cottage industry folks who make things in their home, small businesses who don't have a brick and mortar presence, but have uh, perhaps an online presence. And so we give them an opportunity to show their wares in our store. The middle part of the store is all overstock items, which we thought would be a really great um, opportunity for our area to save a little money, um, but to have quality new items um, at, a, at a reasonable price. Then the third part of the store is Amish made goods. We live in a community that has a, a, a large Amish, Amish population. Um, and then my husband, Blair, he has a Mennonite background, which was really interesting to connect with the Amish. Uh, and when we've made fast friends with our neighbors, and then we are able to give them an opportunity to show their woodworking skills, their quilting things, and to offer that to the, to, um, the, the, the larger community. Um, a new development has occurred in our store, which was not, was kind of unexpected. So now we're like four stores in one. Uh, where we have a, a vintage antique section, um, a, a store closed down in West Baden. We were able to house some of their vendors in our store. So so uh, you never know what you might find at Martin's Market. <laughs> you know, and I like to say it's uh, it's basically uh, Southern Indiana's general mercantile for the 21st century because uh, we wanted to get that late 19th century mercantile feel, but bring it into the 21st century so that it's a, a little a little larger and a little more comprehensive. Well, that's definitely what it felt like when I was able to visit. And for people who haven't been there and can't really visualize it, how big is your footprint? Like how big so, is your store? Yeah, the the actual, we have 12,000 square feet. Uh, of course, we have a receiving room and, and a couple of storerooms in there. Uh, so when you take that out, you know, we're looking at about 10,000 square feet of floor space. And what has it been like opening a store in a town that you don't really know many people or much about, or at least haven't been there for a long time. And you're coming up on your one year anniversary. Have you ever done anything by the seat of your pants? <laughs> it's kind of pretty like, much everything. <laughs> it's kind of like that. So we kind of jumped in, uh, and and it really was an unusual story. Um, we we had planned to open during Persimmon Festival, and we were able to meet that target. Um, I broke my ankle right before that. And so Blair was like trying to pull everything together. And, and he, he really did a remarkable job making all the pieces fit in the time frame that we had. Um, the rest of the team were like, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? And when we did, and uh, it, we had a great grand opening. Um, and, you know, uh, like all retail, it seems like the the winter months, January and February, were a little sparse, but we were able to keep going and, you know, pay all the bills and small business. That's a really great thing when you can pay the bills and pay your people and, and keep on barreling through. And that's kind of what we did. It, it took a lot of tenacity to get through that. And I think the, the difficult thing is in a, in a small community, especially small rural Southern Indiana, you know, it's a difficult place socioeconomically speaking, and you want to bring something that, that anybody uh, can come and find something there that, that they want or might even need, uh, as well as reach out to the tourists, because that's 
that's the the way to bring in a better income stream is to reach more people, have more people come through the doors. But uh, and we did some market research and we did we talked to some people. We talked to, uh, you know, the local tourism and, and uh, other people in the city. And so what is interesting is the conception of what will sell and then what actually does sell are sometimes two different things. Right. Uh, so an example would be clothing. Oh, well, clothing, everybody needs clothing. Everybody we talk to, we need, we need clothing that we could, uh, brand new clothing that we can get at a, at a really good price. And uh, there's just not any place in Mitchell to do that. Uh, so we had a, a large shipment of clothing come in. We're offering, for example, Levi jeans, brand new Levi jeans, tags still on them, everything, $9.99. Couldn't sell them to save our life. And it, you know, it's the part of it's the climate where people would rather go to Goodwill and they'll buy a, a used item of clothing at four dollars rather than brand new at nine. We understand that, but you don't really understand it until you're in the middle of it trying to figure out what actually is going to sell. And so it's it's really like a, you know several metaphors, you know, trying to hit a moving target or throwing spaghetti on the wall or whatever that you're trying to figure out how to make it successful, and you constantly have to be. Uh, uh, shifting and being willing to be flexible in what you're doing. Right. And trying new things. So we have um, freeze-dried uh, candy, for instance, and that's a real big seller. We were really surprised by that, and it, but it's really taken off. It helps our vendor, helps us, helps our community. Um, just uh, the Amish um, peanut brittle. There's nobody who makes it like they do. It's, it's incredible. And we have people that come into the store specifically for those items. So uh, it's interesting to see what people like. And then, and then as we get new things in, what people really latch onto. Um, so we're, it, it's a huge learning curve for us. We're really learning a lot about the retail market and, and about our area. Well, and when you don't have apples to apples numbers, you know, in retail, you know, everything is a guessing game. Right. So you're, you're coming up on one year. Hopefully there's a little more predictability, you know, going into 2024. But, you know, your heart was with Hoosier products. That's how it started. And then, you know, what was going on in the market helped you, you know, add these other things. What made carrying Hoosier made products so important to you? Well, we think local is is important and really small business is the engine that drives the economy. And so it's important to have things that are made locally. And I always say that a, a rising tide lifts all ships. And so if you can do something that you want to really create a triple win situation, do something that will be a win for your customers. That's also a win for your, uh, your, your vendors or the cottage industry folks. And then ultimately then you can be successful as a business owner. Well, and the Amish goods that you carry, I mean, I think I sat in every single chair or swing or whatever version of it was in there. They're so comfortable. They're so well-made. And honestly, I think the price point is really, really affordable. Talk a little bit about kind of bridging that gap between, you know, the Amish and how they're living, bringing it to the greater community and what that relationship has been like. So the, of course, the Amish are the we're the English and they're the Amish, right? So mm -hmm. they they talk about the English lifestyle and and their their lifestyle is quite a bit different, of course. But we do have a lot of similarities. We've I've had many many conversations and opportunities to spend lots of times with my Amish friends and and uh, but uh, one of the things that that's it's important for them is they got to put food on the table just like anybody else. Um, and some of them grow their own food, but uh, you know a lot of that is uh, is a way of making. Uh, 
making money for their family. And many of them are, you know, the woodworkers of the, the leather shop or the lumber and mill, mills. Um, so how do you help people like that? And they wanted to, um, they wanted to bring uh, something to a market that had a wider uh, audience. So, I mean, I can tell you where, you know, Mr. So-and-so lives down the road, but 95% of the people that might come through the store would, would not know where that person is, would not know, be familiar with the road name. If they're tourists, they would certainly not know where to go to find the things. And so my thought is, well, how do I help the community at large? And I got talking with them and uh, for those who are interested in bringing things to the store, and um, then we can get a, a larger, you know, a larger footprint, more more eyes on your products, and and now I have them asking me, I said, hey, have you thought about, or can you can we put these items in your store? Uh, people will contact me, and and you never know when that will happen. It could be at seven in the morning they show up with a horse and buggy at your at your house. Yeah. <laughs> they never call ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. They're not going to call. Now, full disclosure, when I popped in, you know, I was hoping you'd be there. I was going to take some pictures and, you know, I was going to be on my way, but I couldn't help myself but shop. There was so much to see, so many different areas of things to look in. And one of the things I bought were those yeast, the package of yeast rolls I bought. Like, I did not want to share them with my family. They were <laughs> so, so good. But one of the things that happened when I was in there was you had, you know, you had customers in there, you had some of your vendor partners in there. And I really witnessed, you know, some relationships that you have in the community. And, you know, I just want to know what motivates you to do what you're doing now? What, what keeps you going? Yeah. I think that's the beauty of, of any business that we've started. I think um, one thing that we always look for, no matter what community we're in, is how can we serve and what is the need? And so we look for what is the need in the community. And then is there is it possible for us to help fill that? Not that we do that single-handedly by any means, but the partnership of it is the beauty of it. So if we find that other people are also looking to meet needs in the community, then we kind of partner together. Um, I think whether you're Amish or, or as Blair mentioned, you know, or whether you're English or you know, whatever um, task that you're doing, we're all in this together, in this life together, trying to figure out how to navigate all of life's challenges. And um, so I think that's the beauty of the, of the Martin's Market and the relationships that we have there is we're, we're trying to serve the community. We're trying to benefit the community. We want to make a positive impact. It's easy to, to complain about the situation or our economic situation. It's a tougher thing to, you know, to knuckle down, get in there and put some elbow grease behind it and do something that makes a difference. I think also uh, just outside of the business standpoint, from a personal standpoint, is we have a model in uh you know jesus washed the, the feet of the disciples and uh you know that was a that was a position of the the lowly servant the lowest of the low would wash the feet of the travelers and um and here was you know jesus who is our lord and savior saying yes i'm i'm going to wash your feet and we think oh, well how can we do any less by serving the people around us so that is a big motivation for us in in serving the people uh regardless of who they are whether they're our customers or our vendors or uh tourists or people that haven't set foot in the store we want to reach out and, and build relationships to them to these folks that are meaningful on multiple levels and, and sometimes it's not just about shopping we've um, we've had vendors and, and customers who have poured their heart out to us, and right. we've been able to to pray for them and and uh, be a support for them in difficult times of in their lives. 
And if our regular shoppers don't show up, we kind of worry about them. And so, so we check in on them and we haven't seen you in a, you know, two weeks and wondered if you are all right. Oh yes, I had a doctor's appointment. And then they tell us about that. So it really is more than just a store. It's kind of a community. Coming up, the challenges and successes Blair and Mary have had along the way and what they want you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Local Matters is brought to you by IndianaOwned.com, where you'll find our members that are business owners who want you to know that they live here, work here, and play here. They're the business owners donating food to shelters, sponsoring the Little League teams, and employing hundreds of thousands of people in our state. Every business on IndianaOwned.com falls into one of two categories. They're either an original, meaning the company is Indiana-owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain, or they are a franchise friend, meaning the franchise is Indiana-owned and operated, the owner lives here in Indiana, and is engaged in our community. When you see the Indiana-owned badge, you know you are supporting a local business. And we like to make shopping simple for you as well at our sister company, Indiana.Gifts. Every product you see on there from the coffee mug to the scarf to the candle is made by an Indiana-owned company. Take your picks, send a gift to yourself or send it to a friend, and know that you are supporting local along the way. And we want to thank you for supporting local too. Use the discount code LOVELOCAL at checkout and we'll give you 10% off just to say thank you. We've been chatting with Blair and Mary Martin of Martin's Market in Mitchell, Indiana. They sell Hoosier products, Amish goods, and overstock items with a greater purpose of building community. And they're about to celebrate their one-year anniversary. Blair and Mary, what has been the hardest part about being a business owner? You know, I think there's two things that are related. The first one is you don't know what you don't know. And so there are always going to be surprises when you start a business and you think, oh, if I had only known that. And part of that then is going to bleed over into just the financials aspects of it, because there are expenses that are unexpected. I mean, just like in your regular life, you think you've got your month all budgeted out and then, you know, your alternator goes on your car or whatever. We all know what that's like. Well, business is like that on steroids uh, because we we and uh, we just had a, a utility bill that they had a glitch on their billing and they ended up billing us three months of electricity, which is a lot. Uh, a lot because you've got air conditioning and I'm like, well, you know, Hey, I don't have that. So now I got to work something out with them. To, yeah. And that's just, those things happen and you've got to figure out how to deal with it as they come and, and, and do it with, with grace. No, no, no need to, to, well, I guess you complain a little bit, but you can't let it bother you too much, or you would just be in a, um, in a mood that wouldn't be pro- productive. Mary, would you agree with that? Yes, I think that's true. Uh, I, I'm the planner, so um, and Blair is really good at, at being entrepreneurial and kind of flexible and go, coming up. And I like to plan for every contingency. So for me, um, you know, I'm always looking for the speed bump or the or the roadblock and how you know how to come up with a plan B or a plan C or plan D. And there are some things you just can't plan for. So um, that's really challenged us quite a bit, both individually and as a couple. And um, we've learned to overcome some real difficulties together. And I think when you're in the when you're in the boat and you're both rowing the same direction, that's really helpful no matter what comes. So, well, and that's what I wanted to ask about what what makes you able to work together successfully as a couple. 
Oh, that's, um, we both have uh, differing gifts, but they're complementary. So like I said, Blair is a visionary. He sees the big picture. He's able to, you know, to get the 30,000 foot view and to see how all the pieces kind of are going to come together. Now, he doesn't always see the step-by-step -step plan. And that's where I come in. I'm, I'm the implementer. So he's the visionary and I'm the person who implements the steps on how to get to where we're going, but we're both working toward the same goal. And that's what makes all the difference. You've owned lots of businesses over the years. And we talked to, about those a little bit um, in the beginning of the show. Is there something you would do differently knowing what you know now, maybe something you wanted to do sooner or you wish you would have known about? When maybe get adopted by Bill Gates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, uh, I think part of it is getting a, a start a little earlier. I, I went into uh, education and I went into Christian education, which does not pay well at all. And I think even if you're doing something um, such as that, you still can work towards some type of uh, independent business, a secondary income stream. And I, I really recommend people exploring that possibility. And you can do it with, with really very little to, to almost no capital up front and to build and, and leverage on what you have previously built and to learn and to grow and start doing that. If you're 30 and you haven't started, I, I, wanna, I would encourage you to do that. Don't wait until you're in your 40s and be behind the curveball. What's been the most rewarding part about being a business owner? Um, I think, well, I, I think it's people and, um, and I'm really the introverted one. So I'm even surprised I'm saying that, but uh, um, I'm a project oriented person and I like projects and, and I like to, you know, keep projects on target. Um, but people have been the most rewarding part, both our, uh, our employees, the relationship with our vendors. I'm, we have stellar employees our employees greet everyone. They truly care about the job. They take on the business as if it were their own. And, um, and that's remarkable. So we have really a great team of people who, who feel, I think they represent the business in the spirit that we like, you know, as if they owned it themselves and they're so invested in it. Um, we, we've built relationships in the community. Um, we have a, I may be getting ahead of myself, but we we have a once a month um, event that occurs and that has impacted the uh, our relationship and our footprint in the community and with other business owners in the community. And that's been remarkable, too. I, I guess I would also add the rewarding part is because the people is not just it, it's more than just transactional. Right. So I can have a big sale, but it's just a bunch of transactions and um you know after experience yeah yeah so so people are i mean people are it's a lifetime and you don't know those you know you throw the pebble in the pond you don't know how far the ripples go um we've met people who now we we have a whole a whole families that come to <laughs> come to our church now because of a relationship building in, in the store and I, i'm meeting a guy in bible study now that i met at the store we have other people that are meeting my wife uh women who are meeting my wife for a, a lunch meetings just uh, that are going through difficult times and that's so much more rewarding than oh look i i sold you some popcorn yeah but please buy popcorn but the popcorn yeah. <laughs> be buying the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> What would you tell others that want to start your own business? What What do you want them to know? I think um, count the cost. Um, there is a cost to doing it. And I'm not talking about financial. I mean, you have to be uh, dedicated 
um, if you're working as a team, you know, husband, wife team or a family is involved, um, know that that's going to take a big chunk of your time and your effort and and it's going to bleed over into your personal life and you kind of have to be okay with that that and it's not that we don't make time for personal things but even when we're making time for personal things the business is always there it's kind of an extra member of our family and um and so you have to really love it and if you don't love it and you're not committed to it and you're not dedicated it it can be really stressful um but if you if you're in it together and you're and and you want to do it and you want to make a difference, um, it can really enhance your relationship as well. And I would also add to, to think outside the box, you know, the traditional, hey, let's put together a business plan with all the, the points of whatever. And and you can do that. And it looks great on paper. But, you know, it frankly doesn't mean the squat at the end of the day. What matters <laughs> is what what are the people doing? And so thinking outside of the box also means is the business actually something that's going to be be beneficial? It's going to be helpful. It's what the people want. Right. So look and see, you know, I, I, we could put uh, we could put a high end bistro in downtown Mitchell and I guarantee we wouldn't be open 30 days later because nobody's going to walk through the door. And so you have to figure out what your community is like, what the people are looking for, and is it going to be beneficial? And sometimes they don't even know it until they start and they're like, oh, this is great. And then the word of mouth will build that. Uh, so thinking outside the box is is really beneficial for uh, people that are starting a business. But also know that you can't be everything to everyone. So, you know, we're we're not Dollar General and we're not a grocery store, although we do have unique grocery items in our store and people love that. But if they come in looking for grapes, we don't have grapes, you know? So uh, you can't be everything and you have to do the things that, you know, within your parameters, okay, this is what we're going to be and how we're going to identify ourselves. And while we may be adding on some new things that we had on and not expected in the beginning, we do have, um, you know, a structure and a framework and, and a goal that we're working toward. And, and so there's some things we're not going to be, and then we're not going to be the bistro. Right. So stick to your roots, stick to your objective, and that can grow and modify, but you don't kick through, you don't take the foundation out from under right. the building. We've kind of talked about this next question throughout the show, but just, you know, in a, in a short statement, why does supporting local and being known as Indiana owned matter to you? Well, yes, I did mention that small business, you know, drives the economy. Uh, so then, but the the idea of the, a locally owned business that brings people in. So what does that do? That brings people in from outside the community as well. So that helps your tax base. And I'm just talking about from the economic standpoint that that helps. So if you are, so I pay taxes and it helps the city of Mitchell, helps the Lawrence County. And if, uh, you know, you're giving all your money to Amazon and I'm sure Jeff Bezos really appreciates that, <laughs> but I can tell you that the city of Mitchell needs the money more than Jeff Bezos does. Right. So we, we want to support things that are, that are local because if, if all the local owned businesses go away, then you're going to have people that don't understand who local Hoosiers are. And, and even more than just Indiana, Southern Indiana, which right. is a lot different than Northern Indiana, which is different than Indianapolis. So we need people that are that know the region. And, and so I, I like Indiana owned. And within that, I think regionally Indiana owned is important and people will, will support that. Um, and they've got to be willing to spend a few more dollars because what they get in the long run is going to be much better than the fact that I saved a couple dollars and I got a bunch of 
cheap made in China, made in China stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's uh, true with some of our, some of the people that we bring in, like for our events, we bring in locally owned food trucks and locally owned uh, honey and locally owned um, vendors who make things in their home, engravers and woodworkers and um, just, and so everybody has their craft. They're an artisan and an expert in their craft and they're able to feature that, you know, at our store. We love that. We love bringing in other people who are also uh, small business owners and together we make an impact. And, and I think that's what being part of Indiana Own is. Together we make an impact, um, what it means to, to offer Indiana made products to our clientele. Well, I know I'm thankful for Indiana Owned because that's how I discover these amazing businesses like yours. And I'm so glad that I had the chance to visit and see everything in person. Besides IndianaOwned.com, where do we find out more about you and how can we support your business? Uh, sir, we, we thank you for asking that. We are uh, we have a big presence on Facebook. We always do. We try to do a post uh, every day except Sunday uh, to update folks. That would be our Facebook page is Martin's Market Mitchell. Martin's Market Mitchell on Facebook. That's uh, a great way to interact. Uh, we do have a website. Um, it is martinsmarketmitchell.com, martinsmarketmitchell.com. Um, and there's some issues with some browsers there, but we're working on that. So uh, uh, we know Chrome works and we're trying to get it edited. So ignore the the, the current color there's <laughs> other things we're dealing with on that but it's a work in progress as is most of our <laughs> most of the business right that's what i was going to say every day as a business owner it's something new blair and mary martin thank you so much for being our guest today on local matters and thank you for doing your part to create healthier stronger communities and more jobs in indiana well, thank you, thank Mel, you. for your time. We sure, certainly appreciate Indiana Owned. And on a personal side note there, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Owned, Indiana Gifts, and Jiffy Lube of Indiana. It's an honor to bring you the stories of Indiana-owned businesses and community members making a positive impact in Indiana. Find local businesses near you or get your business certified local at indianaowned.com. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned. Find local now at indianaowned.com.